Thank you. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 14. Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you have no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Thank you, Mike. Good morning. It's good to be together with you today. God bless us as we spend some time uh, around the Word of God, a rainy day, just a good day to be together and in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, my guess is most of us have uh, experienced this kind of situation before. We're out walking about, going through the course of our day, and we come across somebody that we haven't seen in years. I mean, an acquaintance from the past or, or a friend from the past, and it's like, oh, we, we can't just let this moment go. We have to talk, and, and so you, you begin to engage in some just general chit-chat and catching up with each other, you know, uh, about your spouse, about your children, job, uh, perhaps some life experiences stuff, and, and just when it seems like, all right, it's time to move on, uh, and not knowing what else to say. I mean, you don't want to part ways by saying, all right, see you again whenever you find yourself saying, we ought to do lunch sometime. And the other person says, you're right, we should do lunch. But there's no exchange of phone numbers. There's no email uh, exchange or anything like that. You just continue on knowing full well that you probably will never see or talk to that person again. But the reality is, do we really care? Now, I want you to imagine and consider another conversation that you're having with someone, perhaps a fellow brother or sister in Christ. Uh, I mean, it could be a family member, a friend, co-worker, classmate, uh, Facebook friend, whatever. And in the course of your conversation, you learn uh, that this individual is going through a difficult time. Uh, a, a tragedy has happened in their life, maybe the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, a broken relationship. Uh, perhaps an illness that has some long-standing consequences that they're going through. And in the course of that conversation, you find yourself saying, I'll be praying for you. Now, it feels good to say that. It sounds good. It feels good. And, and we truly hope that the individual who hears it, uh, it feels good as a result of our saying that to them because it, it truly is very encouraging. But to what extent has our I'll be praying for you, become nothing more than the Christian version of let's do lunch. And by that I mean, we say it, but then we continue on, and then that's the end of it. 
we don't engage in prayer. It was just a, a thought that we shared. And I, and I think if we're honest with one another, if we were to take a poll, to some extent, our expression, uh, I'll be praying for you, has become nothing more than just a token statement of encouragement. And here is where you and I would do well today to truly ponder the example given to us through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to highlight, interestingly, when you read through the gospel accounts, not once will you ever come across an instance where Jesus steps into the brokenness of somebody else's life and then just simply says, I'll be praying for you. I mean, think about Jairus coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, my daughter is sick. She's dying. Please come and do something. Can you imagine Jesus standing there going, I'll be praying for you, Jairus. Or the feeding of the 5,000, when the disciples come to Jesus and says, Lord, we don't have any food. What do we do? And Jesus says, well, tell the crowd to sit down. And the crowd sits down, and Jesus stands up and says, I'll be praying for you. Can you imagine that even happening? This is where my friends, not, Jesus did not just simply talk about his intention to pray. He didn't announce that he was going to do it. Jesus just did it. And this is where he, he, he actually, he frequently, he regularly prayed, especially uh, concerning some of the challenges and the difficulties that he faced firsthand during his earthly ministry. But even more significantly, and this is what I really want you to focus on today, Jesus did not just pray and then leave it at that. No, Jesus took his care for others, for us, to a completely new level. To where Jesus cared enough, to where he also stepped into the brokenness of the lives of those around him with the intent of wanting to do something to make a difference in their life. I love the way John in his first letter writes, he says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. Just like the Good Samaritan, who went way out of his way to to do something to help out a fellow human being, even though this fellow human being was from a group of individuals that they just really didn't get along or, or hang out with. Just like Boaz in the book of Ruth, who stepped up to the occasion and became the kinsman redeemer for the widowed Ruth, as well as caring for her mother-in-law, Naomi, who was also widowed. And just like as we heard read in our, in our scripture lesson for today, the Christians living in Philippi, in spite of their extreme poverty, yet they went above and beyond in generously providing for the needs of the Apostle Paul while he was in prison in Rome. The Apostle Paul, in this case, sums it up well in our text when he says to, writes to the Philippians, it was good of you to share in my troubles. And likewise, Jesus, far surpassed simple, well-meaning, well-intentioned words. Instead, Jesus allowed our needs to inconvenience him, to cause him to leave the glories from heaven on high, to come down to take on human flesh and frailty, to step into the brokenness of our world, of our lives, 
and to suffer himself firsthand the harshness of life's brokenness caused by sin. Perhaps you have heard it said that ministry is messy, and indeed it is, but yet Jesus willingly got his hands dirty. He even allowed his hands to get bloodied when he went to the cross of Calvary for you and for me. He made the ultimate sacrifice by giving of his life so that you and I might have life. Jesus set the standard when he not only prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, but then continued on to the cross of Calvary, there to suffer and die for you and for me. My friends, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And then John continues on to say, and so also we ought to lay down our lives for one another. When it comes to caring for others, you and I as believers of our Lord Jesus Christ can and should do far better. As disciples of our Lord, you and I have an opportunity to up our game, to take it up to the next level when it comes to caring. And this is where John elsewhere writes, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Our mission statement here at Cornerstone Lutheran Church declares that we exist to reach out, care for, and build people toward maturity in Christ. When it comes to caring, Martin Luther said, as our Heavenly Father has in Christ freely come to our aid, we also ought to freely help our neighbor through our body and its works. And each one should become, as it were, a Christ to the other, that we may be Christ to one another, and Christ may be the same in all, that is, that we may be truly Christians. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ means that you and I are to be Jesus to those around us, especially to those who are hurting, and to do so with both word and in deed. So permit me this morning to suggest three ways in which you and I can up our game, to kick it up to the next level when it comes to caring for others, when it comes to simply being Jesus wherever we are at. These are three action words, and they all rhyme with the word care. First of all, by all, by all means, prayer. Rather than just simply talk about prayer, be genuine about it. Be like Jesus and just do it. Paul writes in his letter to the Romans, let love be without hypocrisy. Paul in our text writes, put it into practice. But here is where you and I have a powerful opportunity to kick it up to the next level. And what I mean by that is this. The next time you find yourself wanting to say, I'll be praying for you, instead of saying that, are you ready for this? Say this. How about if we pray right now? Now, I know you're sitting there going, oh, Pastor Dan. Now you're asking me to step outside of my comfort zone, and yes, I am. But say I'll be praying for you, and the big, biggest point you'll have is not only your own awkwardness, but the person that you're saying it to will go, what, you mean right now, right here, all these people around? Yeah, let's do it right now. 
I challenge you to do that. And to offer up, it's as simple as a one-tube, if you're feeling extra wordy, a three-sentence prayer, which, which can be pretty simple and just simply like this. Lord, my friend's going through a tough time in their life right now. I'm just asking that somehow, some way, you would remind them that you're right there with them in whatever it is they're going through. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You want to talk about a powerful moment that you'll have just given to that individual. Actions speak louder than words. This is an opportunity. Uh, James uh, reminds us that the prayer of a righteous person is effective and powerful. And those words will go far, uh, will be far greater and have greater impact to that individual who hears them than will the words, I'll be praying for you. And I'm further suggesting, next time you want to post those words on a Facebook post or social media post, I'll be praying for you. Instead of doing that, just write out a prayer. Right then and there. For that person to read, which means not only are you praying that prayer, but the person uh, that you're doing it for, they're reading your prayer. And everybody else who reads that Facebook post is reading that prayer and speaking that prayer. Talk about two or three gathered in my name. Take advantage of that opportunity and to be a blessing, just do it. Put it into practice. Secondly, bear. Rather than be like the priest and the Levite in Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan who saw the need of their fellow human being and walked by on the other side of the road doing nothing. I mean, they could have just as easily been walking by going, I'll pray for you. But what we learn is they walked away and they did nothing. You and I can take our caring to a whole new level. Care enough to engage. Care enough to get involved. Care enough to allow your hands to get dirty. Care enough to share of your resources. Care enough to give of your time. Care enough to simply be Jesus to that individual and be willing to step into the brokenness of their life with the intent of wanting to do something just so that they know they're loved and something that can make a difference in their life. I love the way the writer of Ecclesiastes reminds us that two are better than one. Because if one falls down, his friend can help him up. Paul writes about this in his letter to the Galatians where he says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Again, another instance where actions speak louder than words. So let us love with actions and in truth. Just do it. Put it into practice. And then thirdly, share. Of all the things that you and I can do to kick it up to the next level is to point the individuals who are hurting to the one who said, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I mean, consider what it is that has brought us out on this overcast rainy fall morning to gather together at this time in this place. I'm going to guess that for most of us, if not all of us, it's because of the comfort, it's because of the strength, it's because of the encouragement, it's because of the peace that we derive by being not only in the presence of the Word of God, but being in the presence of brothers and sisters of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
My friends, what you and I enjoy here, there are those outside our walls who need what you and I have here. And this is where the Apostle Peter would remind us that you and I are a people belonging to God, that we may declare the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. I want you to see the best way that you and I can be Jesus to someone else is to simply share Jesus with them. So just do it. Put it into practice. Now, the neat thing is, is that there's some individuals in our congregation, in my opinion, who've are, who are already taking it up to the next level, and we've got some video interviews that we want to share with you of several of them. Look at the screens. My name is Johanna Hilpert, and I came to Cornerstone Lutheran Church 11 years ago, and I was attracted to Cornerstone because I heard about the women's Bible study. My name is Samantha Burke, my husband is Brandon Burke, and we've been a part of the downtown ministry ever since the very beginning. Hi, my name is Michael Minier, and I've been a disciple here at Cornerstone since 2004. Uh, many of you know my wife Karen, she's on the staff here. Uh, and we have two daughters, Macy, who's a freshman at University of Cincinnati, and Abby, who's a sophomore in Noblesville. Our sainted pastor, Don, asked me to be on the prayer team, and that was a wonderful experience because um, anyone who had a gift in a certain area, like um, the prayer shawl ministry or um, leading a prayer retreat, he was very encouraging and uh, just letting us go ahead with that. My faith in Christ has really moved me to love others because I was raised in a home where I learned selfless love and my, my faith was really rooted in the very beginning and so I was able to learn about Christ early on and the most important thing to me is identity. So being from foster care and being adopted, I was able to learn early that you know it's not about the situations around you, where you've come from and your past deficiencies or failings. It's really about your faith in Christ and, and the love that he had for me to give me this opportunity through grace. And so because of that, and because I've been given this opportunity to really love others and serve others because Jesus uh, loved me so much, I've been able to go out and, and just be a light to others through the love that, that God has given me. I worked at a food bank in college and really got some exposure to the, the needs of those folks. And I read uh, a few years ago that if you see something that breaks your heart, uh, if you run towards it instead of away, God will find a way to use you. Uh, so I prayed about that and uh, actually approached a gentleman that was collecting money at an intersection in Castleton about three years ago just to ask him about his story and talk about uh, faith and where that uh, lies with him and to share my faith. And through that conversation, I found out that he lived in the Irvington area of Indianapolis. And just through that initial conversation, God opened a door and I was able to uh, get in contact with a group called the Irvington Community Advocacy Network. My favorite Bible verse is Psalm 63 verse three, which reads, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And it's one of my favorites because it's a really good opportunity to remember, wow, I am loved so much by Christ. And, and my example through others and my missionary work through um, the love that he's been given to me, um, it really allows me the opportunity to go out and, and shed a light to others. 
I've grown here at Cornerstone through, um, through the preaching, through the opportunities to serve, and it's gone out into my neighborhood. So I do take prayer shawls to neighbors, to women who may have uh, be experiencing cancer or medical issues or family problems, and I've grown in my ability to to share my faith with them. I serve as the National Program Director for Pass the Torch for Women Foundation. So I have the humbling honor of working with underserved students and allowing them to find mentors and allowing them the opportunity to really be able to grow personally and professionally. And my passion really stems from uh, you know, my experiences growing up as a woman, feeling very rooted in my faith and wanting others to find that identity and find success one time when I was in a Bible study and I didn't want to do something, an opportunity that came up and the Bible study was about spiritual gifts. And the Lord said to me, who gave you that gift? I think you better rethink that. I gave you that gift so that you can use it. I started with prayer. Um, it was uh, that first step out uh, to share my faith with a stranger on a street corner was, uh, uh, was a big step and so I prayed. Uh, for quite a while sitting in my car before I took that step out uh, and, uh, and then just look for uh, uh, other folks that have uh, done something that, uh, that you're interested in and they can provide you guidance. My words of encouragement for others who want to serve and love Christ and have that impact the community and others around them is to really be authentic and genuine and, and be yourself and be rooted in you know the fact that you are loved by God and to remind yourselves every day about that and, and to read the word and to continue to practice and put it to works and, and really go out there and, and just show love and, and be compassionate. You really don't have to go looking too far to find people who are in need. Uh, the opportunities to get involved in care ministry abound just in the ministry life of our congregation and then the opportunities are out there in our community and and you consider some of the challenging times our whole nation has gone through with just some of the natural disasters and other incidences that have taken place there there are hurting people in our country but then even beyond our borders as a nation around the world uh, that we can minister the love of God to Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ uh, in in whatever way that the Lord places upon our heart uh, this past Wednesday I was uh, walking across the elevated walkway, the balcony there that's across the one end of our gym, and the children of our preschool were down below, and I was just enjoying the moment of watching the kids just running crazily in a circle, and they were, just, they were just having a good time. But then I noticed off to the side, there was one little girl who was off by herself sitting against one of the support posts in the wall, and it was obvious that she was not having a very good day, and my heart right away just kind of went out for her. Well, all of a sudden, one of the other little girls who was running around in a circle all of a sudden saw uh, this gal sitting off to the side. She stopped running around. She walked over to her. She sat down, put her arm around her, and a smile came to both of their faces. It was just a neat moment to be privileged to be able to see that happen and how even a little child has so much to teach to you and me, the difference that we can make when we just simply step out of our lives and reach out and care. Uh, it was President Ronald Reagan uh, who once said, we can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. John puts it this way, 
Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So my friends, by God's grace, I'm challenging you today to be a difference maker in someone else's life. Up your game. Take it to the next level. Step outside of your comfort zone and step into their lives. Care, prayer, bear, share. Just do it. Be Jesus to those around you. Amen? Amen.